This is Will Montgomery, former Washington Redskins center. Yo, what's good, folks? This is Trey Johnson, the headbanger, yo. And you're listening to Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. Word. Another victory Monday, man. The Hogs are 2-0. How you doing, Rally? Can you believe that? Hey, I just flew back from Denver, and man, my arms are tired. A yuck, 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 right? <laughs> I need to get a rim shot in here. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, man, this by far was one of the best trips that I can say comes to mind in a long time, man. It really was. The, the amount of burgundy and gold that was in Denver Stadium was amazing. That's I want to hear about it, man. But before we get to the stadium, dude, I saw the pictures of the rally. How was that? How did everything go? Oh, man, it went off without a hitch. I mean, shout out to Joey. Shout out to the commanders for giving me the paraphernalia and the swag for the away game fans who may not be able to make it to D.C. for for, you know, a, uh, any, a, an event or a rally or giveaways. And so they were able to give me some giveaways that I was able to give to the fans. And um, it, it put a huge smile on their face, man, to be able to, to get the swag that they got. So, That's so, all. What did uh, they give you? So they gave me a keychain, some bucket hats, um, some binders, um, some seat pads, seat cushions. Um, what else did they give me? Um that's awesome, man. Just to see that they're collaborating with you on that stuff. Yeah, little jerseys. Yeah, man. It's it's good stuff, you know. Um, until I guess they can pick it up on their end, you know, they're willing to assist because they know it's a big thing with the fans. And um, I'm I'm here for it, man. I this is what I love to do. Yeah, and you put a tweet out there about all the people that came out to the rally, nearly 400 people, and I retweeted it telling the commanders, hey, you know, you're looking for someone to host some away game rallies. You know, I know the perfect guy. (laughs) And we appreciate everyone that replied, chimed in. That thing got seen, I want to say it was maybe like 15,000 times. We know why there are no rallies. We get it. The team didn't have a beer sponsor. They just got Bud Light back. We're just trying to remind them that Riley's doing what he does, and when they do decide to bring them back and they find someone to help out, that my man doesn't get left in the lurch. And that's coming from Tailgate Ted. That's not coming from Riley. Because I just want people to know that, I mean, you're putting this on without any help. You're doing this on your own, and you're busting your butt. You're reaching out to the team, and it's just it's nice to see them reciprocate and for people to actually you know show up and show out. Definitely, man. And there was a picture. I'm not sure if you saw the picture of the bartender who was a Denver fan who just was not happy that we invaded the Burgundy and Gold, man. Did you see that picture? I'm going to have to pull it up. Those wondering, make sure you check it out on our YouTube page because I definitely got to see this picture. I saw the video that uh, Deuce put in there, but I'm not sure if I actually saw the picture. Um, so go back up. Go back up. It should be right there. It should be a guy nice, bartender. Nice, nice. Okay. It should, be, it should be a bartender in the background, and and it, and they zoomed in on his face, and he's just like, oh, man. <laughs> it was great, man. And once again, we exceeded the expectations of management. You know, so the, the management that was there in twenty one isn't there 
this year. So, cause you know, in the restaurant business, there's always a turnover. So the general manager was like, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about this. And, and, and there's just no way that we can block this space off for you guys. And I said, listen, you know, I don't know if you have contact with the previous management that was here at 21, but just talk to them. So I guess he was able to talk to the previous uh, guy, they say in contact. And so the guy said, yeah, you, you you got to let this guy do what he does because they're going to come. And sure enough, man, people were there. So the rally kicked off at, at six. I got there like at five fifteen, and there was already a line of people waiting to get into the doors, man. It was That's awesome. crazy. It was crazy, man. So shout out to everybody that came out and represented it and wanted just to be a part of it with all of us because it, it, it made a difference. And, and Ted, I told you, I, I told you, well, I'll wait until we get to the game, but but, but we'll continue with the rally. But it, it was it was just very nice, man. So I've never been to Denver for a game. It's one of the ones I got to knock off my list. I haven't had a chance to. <laughs> so what was it like in the lots? I mean, I'm a, I got a clip of Ron Rivera. I'm going to play it for you that I'm not sure if you've heard yet just because I figured you've been taking a nap during the press conference. But what was it like going through the lots, just kind of getting there? Tell me the vibe in that atmosphere because Denver's got the longest sellout streak in the NFL, but seemed like there was a ton of burgundy and gold. It was, and I think the guy's name is Mark. Excuse me if I – it's either Mark or Nicholas. So we'll just say Nicholas. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that. He threw a tailgate at Lot C, and I posted it. And, man, the swarms of burgundy and gold that came out to this tailgate. And 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 what he said was at, at the rally, because I let him get on the mic, he goes, look, I'm going to be doing a tailgate. I just asked for a donation. I'm going to start cooking at nine o'clock and I'm going to cook until the food runs out. Oh my gosh. It was off the chain, man. It really was to see everybody there. And, and I, like I said, I, I, I'm slow on uploading everything because it's just so much excitement and so much boom, 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 boom to where I didn't even have time to upload my own personal pictures. But I've got so much that I want to show everyone because it was an awesome atmosphere. I went live on Facebook. Oh, so to, to answer your question as far as a lot's concerned, the Denver fans are always cordial. I mean, they, they aren't like, you know, I'll say our other NFC East nemesis, nemesis uh, team, they aren't like that. Hey, man, how you doing? You want a beer? And I wasn't able to make it to um, the gentleman who says the speech and gives the shots. I, I wasn't able to get to him this year. I wanted to, but, you know, I, I just couldn't get to him. So there's just so much to see in so little time. But um, they're very cordial. They, you know, they don't have a problem with, you know, they, they understand what it is. You know, you, you're a fan. You want to see your team because and they welcome it. And so I, I really, really enjoyed their hospitality as well. No issues, no worries, no concerns, man. That's great to hear, man. That's great to hear. And that's some of the fun going to an away game. It's just getting to meet other fans, see how the other people do it. For me, it's the only time I get a chance to take a break. Because mm -hmm. I'm just so busy at home games, so I, I get a chance to be rally captain just without the flag walking around on the big old chain, just, <laughs> you know, stopping by and seeing who's going to give me a beer and give me a, a fully cooked hot dog and just kind of go from there. But in the stands, man, at one point, this is actually what Ron Rivera said about our fans in those stands. Getting, you know, our fans that showed up get behind us. You know, that was a nice little shot in the arm, a little boost. Um, and the guys do feel it. Um, you know, to me, I also kind of 
thought, you know, the, the resilience we showed, um, you know, in scoring the touchdown, getting the two-point conversion, then kicking the field goal and coming off on the side, um, the fans that were there, you know, the, 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 the Washington Commander fans, I could hear them over the, the Bronco fans as we were jog, you know, jogging in. You could hear them saying, hey, you got it on, you know, you're just, you're just you know, touchdown down. Hey, you way to come back, keep it going. And you could hear it. You could hear it in, 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 in Denver Stadium. I mean, that was, that to me, was really telling, um, you know, that we had some great support there as well. It's no shock that our fan base travels well. People are coming back, not just to FedEx, but back on the road with you. I mean, at one point I saw you and it was actually, I wanted to take a picture of you because you weren't paying attention to the game anymore. I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but okay. we were punting the ball back to them in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and they were receiving in your end zone. You were looking off to the side with your camera, doing something with your camera phone, taking a picture or a video of something going on, but they kept zooming in on all the Burgundy and Gold fans out there, man. And it was just such a sight to see because yeah there were definitely a ton of orange but man it was just it was awesome and it wasn't just old redskin stuff it was commander stuff too oh yeah being out there representing so in the stands man give give me that vibe what was it like so uh, ted i told you so i'm let's 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 rewind and then we'll fast forward i said back at home we need to be able to have the amount of false start penalties that we have put on opposing opposing teams, right? Well, we'll fast forward to Denver. There was one point in time we made Denver have a false start. That's how loud we were. And that needs to be chalked up into the commanders at home false starts. We really need to start that, Commander Nation. If you guys are listening, put that on the board, and we can even start off with two. Because we had one against um, – who did we just the, the Cardinals? Cardinals they yeah. had one, and we had one this week against the Broncos, which to me that counts. So, hey, this year, two false starts, put it on the big board so we can make it more get the crowd more engaged. When they see that, they'll get loud. And there was a time I started the defense chant, and all of a sudden, I heard it echo out the stadium. It That's was awesome. um, it was amazing, man. It was That's amazing. Awesome, man. Just to know that you have that kind of an effect on a game. And the 12th man is a real thing. And you guys brought it. And their fans, dude, when it was 21 to 3, I mean, their fans were just loud and crazy and insane. But you could still see our fans in the stands. They still were there. They still were around. I mean, no one's obviously leaving the game at that point. You guys obviously made that trip out there. But when we went down... 21 to three and Mims got that punt and returned it. I think it was like 45 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there telling Mrs. Tailgate, I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Cause I didn't pick us to win this past week. Those that heard the show, I took the Broncos to win just because of everything I saw in the first half. I saw Russ using his legs. I saw him extending plays. I saw us not keeping contain on defense and him scrambling. And the only thing was, it was a fluke. Russ had 14 points. Well, the Broncos had 14 points, and Russ had only thrown two passes. I mean, it was a busted coverage with Percy Butler, just explosive plays that we gave up early on last season that you figure, okay, 
they can't sustain this. Something's got to change. Then we had, you know, a couple of things just continually go their way. And then all of a sudden it started to turn around. But before it turned around, what did you think? You're sitting there watching and you're always Mr. Positive. So I'm not going to be shocked with your answer, but what were you thinking? So I posted, I can't believe we came out this flat for this game. And then I started hearing people saying, yeah, it's the altitude. And, and I said, no, this ain't the altitude. I don't want to hear that. We're flat. Whatever reason, I don't know why we're flat. And then what I did was something that I always do. I picked the big W up and I started rubbing it. And I said, now's the time to change it up. It's time to change. Now, before that, I, I thought we were going to get blown out. I'm not even going to try to sugarcoat it. I thought we were going to get blown out. And I was saying, you man, did it, this... you're lying. I mean, yeah, yeah. you're just flat out lying if you didn't think so. Yeah. I said, man, I can't believe we're going to get blown out like this. And, 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 but, but like I said, after that, I started rubbing on the OW and I made a live video about it. So if those who are, who are friends with me on Facebook, you'll see that live video. And I said, hey, we can make this thing work. We, there's two, there's two halves of football. Let's make this thing work. And all of a sudden, wouldn't you know? <laughs> Here we are, Ted. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Because I'm, I'm at that point. I'm sitting there, and I, I was tweeting during the game, or just kind of watching it. I watched the game on a delay because I got to mm -hmm. match up the, uh, the NFL Plus. I, I listened to our home, you know, our home announcers, Julie Bram, London. Julie and Bram are good friends, so I want to support them. And I hate the D broadcasters we typically get. Mm -hmm. So no one ever wants to watch a game with me. One of my neighbors were going to their wedding coming up in October in Seattle. He's a Broncos fan. He wanted to come over and watch a game. It's like, dude, you can come watch a game, but just know that your audio feed is going to be different and it may or may not sync up hundred percent. Right. So you may not get your play properly and say, all right, screw that. I'll just talk to you later, but I'm watching the game and I'm just sitting here tweeting like Cheeseman has a bad snap. It's like, you got to be yeah. kidding me. Like, what the hell? Next thing you know, I mean, Cheeseman has had bad snaps all training camp and all preseason. Good news is they're doing something about it. And this is actually what Ron said today about those bad snaps from Cheese. And you guys are bringing in some long snappers on Tuesday. What'd you make of the Cheese's botch snap? And how many guys are you actually bringing in? Well, um, the, the biggest thing, more than anything else, was a little disappointed in the very first snap. Um, and it's crazy because you go back and look at the rest of his snaps and, and, and they were pretty damn good. And, you know, but this is something we have to do because it can't happen every week because it could cost you a game. It really could have. I mean, um, you know, part of it is, is, is you don't want it to, 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 to affect anybody else. And if, if we look at it that, hey, we need to have an insurance policy, um, if we need to do something, uh, we're going to do it because it, it's what's best for this football team. And that's what we're looking at. We've talked about some options. Um, one of the options is we're going to have a little, uh, we're going to have a little in, information gathering tomorrow. We're going to bring in uh, a few players, give them an opportunity to show us what they're capable of, and we'll take a look and go from there. With Cheeseman, he was so consistent last year. Yeah. What, what changed this year? Um, to be quite honest, it, it's just his, his inconsistency. Um, which seems to just show up once in a while. And the thing we can't have is we can't have it show up because the last thing you want is to, to, to have it cost you a point or two or three that could be the difference in a football game. 
and, and that's something that we have to be prepared to protect ourselves against. And as I said, because of that, we had conversations and, you know, we're, we're going to decide on some things and go forward. But, you know, again, it, we're going to do what we really believe is best. I don't want to harp on the negative. I just want our fans that don't listen to press conferences and follow this stuff like we do know that they're doing something to address these long snaps and these mm -hmm. box snaps. Eh, frustrated. It's a little late in the game to do that because you don't have as much time to work in a new long snapper. And it's a whole process. That first slide miss kick, depending on, I don't know if the broadcast announcers on TV mentioned that it was a bad snap, but the radio announcers and were, you know, following the tweets along with John Kime, JP Finley, like all of our beat reporters are saying, she's had a horrible snap. But if you're watching the TV, yeah. you couldn't tell that. So, from your standpoint, could you actually see that the snap was whatever it was? Because I'm still waiting for the all 22. I went back and watched the film today, and you still couldn't see an angle of it. Definitely could. And you know me, sitting in the end zone, I I, I got a, a nice view of it. And so it was a low snap, and it caused a way to try to pick it up and try to spin it really quick. And it was awkward. And you could tell that uh, uh, my man, he just could not. It was, it was like he couldn't concentrate on where the ball needed to go. It was, it was, he was, it was off. I, I know you guys saw that it was off, right? I, you had no, to see that. You couldn't see on the TV feed. On oh, the wow, TV okay. feed, the way it was, it was just kind of a bird's eye overhead shot. Uh -huh. And you couldn't tell that it was off. So we just had to take everyone's word for it on the, you know, no one really listens to the radio feed. If you're sitting at home, probably other than me and like Julie and Bram's family. But we had to take like John Kimes' word for it, and Nikki Javal and everyone else that was out yeah. there that it was off. Yeah. And all I'm thinking to myself is, you, you got to be kidding me. This is another problem again. And it just it kept snowballing for us, man. I mean, we were mm -hmm. not efficient in the first half. We were four for seven on third down. The Broncos were four for four. And like we said earlier, Russ, he was cooking. I mean, he was back oh, to yeah. the Russ from Seattle again. And I'm thinking everyone. Everyone's thinking like Russ was an alien last year and who knows what happened to him, but Russ came back to form in that first half. He was six for eight for 154 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it was just unreal, but this is actually what Sam said, what sparked the change. We knew there was a lot of football left. Um, obviously, we would have liked to come out and start a little better, um, but at the end of the day, we made the plays when we needed to make them, um, and that's what matters. What sparked yeah, I mean, I think it was just taking it one play at a time um, and knowing you don't have to get it all at one time and taking it one play at a time. I think EB did a good job with the play con and we put together some good drives and the defense put together some big stops. So we're down 21 to three. Mm -hmm. From your standpoint, when did the momentum shift? When did you feel that Fatley hadn't sung yet? We still got a chance here. I'm going to say when Jamin Davis caused Russell Wilson to fumble, that seemed, and we recovered the ball, that seemed as though uh, he gave everybody the spark that was needed. It definitely gave the fan base a spark. And and all the Denver fans were like, no, he was down, he was down. And once again, that end zone view, I can see it all. I said, oh, no, 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 no. His knee hadn't hit the ground yet, and he tried to throw that ball. And uh, there it was. Damon Davis, and so that changed it, man. That changed it. Yeah, and for those wondering, Chase was rushing on that play. 
And two plays before that was that punt that Mims had, where next thing you know, Tress just booms it, just kicks the hell out of that ball. Mm -hmm. And Mims catches it and runs it back 45 yards. And she, like, you got to be kidding me. If they score here, even if it's a field goal, coming back 24 to three or coming back 28 to three, where they get the ball at halftime, it's like, Stick a fork in them. Like I'm, I'm yeah. starting to like. Are there any chores I can do around the house? I'm, I'm never turning the game off. But you know, it's like Keep I don't it have a background. yard. Yeah, I don't got a yard to mow. There was a couple of people on social media like, I wish I had a riding lawnmower that could run me over because I don't want to watch this anymore. But at that point, I'd say, I, I agree with you. That was a ultimate turning point in the game because after that, Russ didn't look the same and. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they showed the review, the replay. Jamin actually hit Russ in the face, and it could have been a face yeah. mask at that point. But yep. it ain't a penalty unless they call it. So that's right, and that's what know. they were saying. That that's what they were saying. They were saying, "Oh, look at that! It's a face mask." And I said, "Hey, man, you guys had some home cooking. Now let us put a little salt and pepper in ours and get a little home cooking." So <laughs> they didn't like that, but hey, man, it is what it is. I said the refs can't call everything, but we got our fair share of calls, man. We really did. And so uh, I said, come on, man. You, they got to call it an even game. So let's just, let's just play ball. Yeah. And I'd say there were maybe one to three moments in that game where you truly felt that, damn, okay, we're, we're still in this. And for me, I mean, it, it's obvious that Logan Thomas touchdown. When mm -hmm. Logan caught that ball, I don't know how he held on to that ball. It, you ever see that movie Necessary Roughness mm -hmm. with, uh, I want to say, was it Scott Bakula, the Quantum Leap guy? And they had uh, Kathy Ireland. She was a, a soccer player. She came in to kick field goals. And he's throwing, he's basically a retired college player, for those that haven't seen it. But he still has a kind of like a football dummy in his farm. And he's just rolling and throwing to number 88. And he just throws that ball so freaking hard in the middle of the game, like towards the end of the movie, he's rolling, throwing that ball to a guy. And it just hit him so hard in that chest. It basically just kind of got indented in his body. It, and the yeah. thing wasn't getting dislodged. And when it hit Logan, you could tell bang, bang, immediate. Logan, I don't want to say he got knocked out, but I felt that he got knocked out. He was not moving. No, and yeah. It it just looked like that from the TV feed. Was that your end zone or no? No, that was my end zone. And let me tell you, it was loud. It was loud. I, I mean, can only imagine. And 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 everyone's just like, oh, you know, is he gonna be okay? And, he, and and we're just saying, just stay down, bro. You know, just just stay down. Just let the doctors come out and look at you. Maybe get you put some little smelling sauce in your nose or whatever have you. And, and like you said, he eventually got up. But that also was a key factor. And, and shout out to my man, Gates. Gates don't play, bro. Oh, man. I, I yeah. want that guy to have my back. If I'm yeah. anywhere like downtown D.C. at like leaving a club at 3 a.m., I want Gates behind me, man. Yeah. He does not play, man. And, and I think that, the, that that's what's needed as well. A dog on the offensive line. And, and he brings it. And I loved it. We haven't had that since Trent. We haven't had yeah. a player that will – and we haven't had someone as vocal that will go mm -hmm. up and does not care. And Nick, he likes to say he tries to tiptoe that line before to instigate them to do something stupid. But we saw it last week on that dirty-ass hit on Sam. 
and mm-hmm. Nick and Cosme and the other linemen were out there going after that guy from the Cardinals. And then this week when Logan got knocked out, I mean, you could see him and the other guys going immediately after the guy that hit Logan, that guy got ejected. I'm sorry. It's bull crap that he's not getting suspended because he pulled a dirty hit the week before against mm-hmm. the Raiders. And then apparently there were some other players on the commanders that were off the TV screen that were also getting into a skirmish with some of the Bronco players. And to me, the guys galvanized around that, like Logan taking that hit, holding onto that ball, bringing us back at that point. I mean, it was a key turning point momentum in that game. And we were still down, but the second part that I feel really changed for us, John Bates had that long pass down the sideline to get us in field goal range. So we were only down by a score going into halftime. Yeah. Next man up, man, John stepped up with Logan out and he had one drop. I think he tried to turn before he actually caught the ball, but John stepped up and so did Cole Turner and hats off to those young guys, man. I, I totally agree with you. And it was, that was a true game changer as well. And bro, I just, it was an exciting game. It, 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 over, it was just one of the best games that I can say that I've been a part of. And it, and it even made it that victory stake that much better. Man. <laughs> I texted you. So enjoy that victory stake, man. Cause I yeah. knew you were going to get regardless of whatever time your flight was in the morning. I yep. knew you were going to go get one. And that, that's awesome. It's actually our biggest road win, comeback win since 1990 versus the Lions. Gosh. It's Coach Rivera's 100th win. So Josh Harris gave Rivera the game ball. I think they're just going to exchange game balls every week and just hand it back and forth <laughs> to each other. But it was, it was great to see. And you never, at least from the TV screen, you never felt out of it because of enemy's play calling. Mm-hmm. Right, he Shut. made adjustments coming yep. out at halftime. The defense made adjustments, and I don't feel that we did that last year at all. No, I don't think that we did either. I gotta tell you what this reminds me of. Are you a boxing fan at all? I, I watch every once in a while. I don't okay for the pay per views anymore. All right. Well, well, this remind. Well, this is a little old school. So, if our younger listeners may not be able to understand this, but they can always go back and YouTube it. Um, this remind me of Ali and Foreman, and it reminds me when Foreman was just going in on Ali, but Ali had a plan to to stay on the ropes and let Foreman tire himself out. That's what this the rope dope. That's what this felt like. I said, is this the plan to make them think that they're better than this? And all of a sudden. <laughs> lay the wood on them because it, it was a tale of two halves, man. It, it was. Really, and so I was like, is, the, was that, is that their plan to let them beat up on them on the first half and get zero them all chance. tired out? Yeah. No and then all of a sudden just, I, I know, no zero chance. I know, <laughs> but, but that's what it felt like. Because if you remember, when, if you, if you watched that fight as a kid and, and my parents, I, I, I don't remember, I, I barely remember it, but as my parents were like, what are you doing, Ali? What are you doing? That's what we felt like. Commanders, what are you guys doing? And and we're just getting on the road, just getting pummeled, body blow after body blow. And all of a sudden, we realized, up, oh, they're, they're tired enough. Let's go ahead and bring it on home. Now, was it that way? No. But that's what it seemed like. All right. I hear you, man. The, the thrill in Manila. I, I definitely won't forget that fight. I mean, I'm my, you know, from the Philippines. But the Commander's social media team actually put a graphic out. 
And it's hilarious because it says just like we planned it. And the win probability for the Broncos <laughs> was 96.3% when Denver was up 21 to three. Right. I mean, it's just, we're beating all odds here. We're, we're two and zero for the first time since 2011, right? We came back from being down 21 to three, tied it up 21 all. And at a certain point, I want to say from a score perspective, it was 35 to 28. I mean, it was just something unreal that we were doing at that point. And you just felt the momentum shift. But for me, what really set the tone and I felt like, okay, this game's ours. It's happening. Was coming out at halftime, and Deron Payne having a hat trick. Mm-hmm. Right? D had a sack. He had a tackle for loss, and I think he had a batted ball down. I got my notes sitting inside here. Yeah, he had a batted pass down, and that was on the Broncos' first possession. Because coming out of the locker room, the Broncos, you know, they were able to move down the field the first half. Okay, what's the defense going to do? Well, Duran made sure they did nothing, and this is actually what Ron said about Duran setting that tone. Duran Payne, the way he came out of the second half, those three plays, really, yes. what did you see from him? He set the tone. He, you know, that's what he is. He's an explosive, dynamic player who can make plays for us from, from that position, and just the fact that he set that tone and tempo really helped us and, and, and gave us the jolt we needed. So... Duran was the highest graded defensive player by pro football focus at 86. Wow. And you can see why. And you know what? It, you know who else set that tone? And I was happy to see it. You know who I'm going to say? Uh-huh. uh-huh. 99. Chase you. 99. I got 99 problems with a sack ain't one, baby. That's right. It's crazy, man, because he had a sack and a half in 2021 and 2022 he's at a sack and a half now in his first game so it's it's good to see him back and i will admittedly say i was concerned to see chase come back because he hasn't practiced with the guys he hasn't really been there but they said he was going to be on the pitch count he played 47 of 66 snaps at 71 percent chase was the second highest graded pass or defender at 76.1 by pff I'm shocked, but he made a direct impact in that game. Oh, yeah. And you know that his adrenaline was going through the freaking roof, man. He's just happy to be back with his with his boys playing and truthfully putting putting the city on his back by saying, I got something to prove to all of you sons of guns who, who've been talking bad about me. I'm going to show you, and the best way that I can show you is is to prove it, and he did it. And I'm happy for the young man. I really am. I told you a couple pods back, I said, hey, man, you know, maybe the doctor's saying just don't do it. So maybe it may not be more so on him. It's what they want. And so obviously the doctors cleared him. And so he was ready to ball out. And and he did. And I'm we've, we've got another big task ahead of us this week. But I'm hoping that he can do the exact same thing even more. Massive task coming up this week. But you know, going back, rewinding, the story was Chase wasn't going to potentially play until week three against mm-hmm. Buffalo. And, you know, I'm on the record like, you know what, fine. We haven't truly had Chase since his rookie year. He has not been an impact player. And at times he's been a liability. So I was concerned that Russ was going to take advantage of him. And he did a couple of times. 
Chase kind of went inside every once in a while and wasn't really communicating with what he was doing on his stunts. This is actually what Ron had to say about Chase coming back after he watched that tape. Ron, I know you were very anxious to watch the tape on Chase Young. Uh, what did you see from Chase? Did he have his explosiveness, and did he remind you of the Chase Young you've known uh, from his rookie year? Um, Scott, to your point, he, he did remind me a lot of the things from his rookie year. You know, first of all, he was so excited to get back out on the field. We had to really kind of try to tempt him the best we could. A couple times he popped out there, you know, when when, when he, it wasn't his time to rotate in. And but but, you know, we tried to maintain that with him as good as we can. Um, secondly, I, I thought he did show his explosiveness. There were some some times where you saw him just flat out win on his own, and the quarterback just barely get the ball out on time. Um, and then you saw his persistence in terms of, 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 you know, countering, coming back underneath, and then getting his first sack. That was good to see. Um, and then there were a couple times, especially in the red zone when we needed him, him and Montez came through together where they, they met at the quarterback. That was a lot of fun. Um, so you're starting to see him get back into it. Um, I think he's got to work a little bit on his communications with the tackle that he's rushing with so that, you know, again, hey, I'm going to – I'm going to go up and under, or I'm coming inside, you know, cover me and those types of things. So they, they've got, he's got a little work to do. Um, but uh, it's great to see because he is, he is in, first of all, he's in great shape. He kept himself in great shape. He worked at, at his craft while, you know, while he was waiting for his opportunity. And so right now his, his return to play is, 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 isn't going to be one of those where you just keep waiting for it to come. I think he's where he needs to be. And he'll just keep getting better, I believe, in, in, in terms of his, his performance and his working with his teammates. It's just awesome to see him having fun in that sack where he and Tez just crunched and sandwiched Russ. It was third and goal. And they came together and just stopped him. I mean, it's if they can keep this up, dude, 10 yeah. and 7 might be low. Oh, really? If they can keep it up, because this oh. defense, this defense is better than the defense last year, in my opinion. At this point, because of the front four is stronger, we've got more depth. We didn't have Chase last year, and Tez got hurt. So now that they're back, we even have that depth behind them, dude. It was a freaking sack party. Duran had a sack. Tez mm -hmm. had one and a half. Chase had one and a half. Jamin had a sack. Casey Tuhill had a sack. James yeah. Smith Williams had a sack. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody was getting in there. And it's just freaking awesome to see. And you just look at the stat line from the defense. Grant, they gave up a couple of explosive plays and they gave up too many yards. But when they needed to, it's like they just started flat. And then all of a sudden they flipped the switch. It's like they forgot they were in the mountain time zone. And all of a sudden, they just realized, oh, damn, we got to do something. Or they were partnering with you two late at the rally. And then they, you know, <laughs> had to have a couple don't sleeps and get that energy back going. And then all of a sudden, just kicking into gear. Speaking of don't sleep, shout out to Mike. Mike, I, so for those that don't know, my flight this morning was at five o'clock, which means that I had to get up at roughly three o'clock to get to the airport, get checked in in the whole nine yards. So, Mike. Big shout out to you, brother, because without you, I probably wouldn't be talking right now. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking right now. So big shout out to Don't Sleep Energy Drink for getting me on the go. I tell you, I really did need that. Uh, I can I can only imagine, man, because 
coming back, making that plus the jet lag and plus the altitude and everything else. I mean, it's, it's great to see. And I'm hoping that we can keep this up, but dude, I don't think we need to look for a quarterback anymore. I mean, you and I are both on record saying that 14 has what it takes to do this. And to me, he proved it this past week. He got knocked around. He was getting hit. But going back to autocorrect, he started using his checkdowns. He started trying to get out of that pocket a little bit more. There are a couple times when he held on that ball a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. And Randy Gregory came around. Couple times, man, I thought he was about to get strip sacked like he did against the cards, and somehow he held on to that ball. But that throw he made to Terry was just a thing of beauty. And mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of Heineke YOLOing it in the Colts game. <laughs> He's out there somewhere. <laughs> except this wasn't a YOLO, this was a game plan ball. And this is actually what Sam had to say about EB putting this in that game plan. Sam Terry says he's been itching to get a ball downfield. Um, what did you see on that play and, and how nice was it to come in? Yeah, that was a play coming into the game. We knew we wanted to get called um, just to give Terry that opportunity. And, you know, they were in a coverage where we knew we'd have a chance to get the ball down the field. And luckily we bought enough time to get Terry behind the safeties. Um, and I just tried to kind of throw it over their head and let Terry have a chance to make a play on it. Um, he made a great play, and we just got to continue to do that. We got to continue to give him the ball and give him those chances down the field because usually when you do, good things happen. And Terry's still got the turf toe. I mean, granted, yeah. he's, he's still, you know, practicing everything else. He's good, but he's still doing that. And he and Sertan had a, a nice little matchup. And I don't know if you saw – you haven't had a chance to watch the uh, film yet at this point, but – when Sertan got that uh, pass interference on him and Terry kind of flopped at the end, I'll send you the tweet and I'll put it on our YouTube. Nikki Javala has a clip of it. And it was kind of funny because Terry's just looking at him like, really, man, you don't think that's a pass interference? Like, you're hugging me. You're all over me. Yeah. And then at the end, Terry's like sitting there nodding his head, saying, you grab me, man, you grab me. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that the guys are having fun. And it's just... We talk about them feeding off our energy in the stands that we're trying to give them. We feed off of their energy too, man. And just seeing these guys just Sam balling out and doing what he's doing, Terry going up and sacrificing. And I think they said that uh, next-gen stats, the odds of Sam actually getting that pass to Terry and everything else and scoring a touchdown was 22%. You know, we're just, we're breaking records here, man. Do do not count us out because it's just, it's a thing of beauty right now. And we said that the offense was a work in progress last week. Eric Bieniemy called a hell of a game, man. Kudos, EB. Yes, sir. Kudos. And one thing that we know in years past, primarily the last two years, it felt like we never made any adjustments. And he knew that that rush was getting in, so why not throw the screen? And the screen worked flawlessly. I mean, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a thing of beauty. And I got to tell you, man, it's one thing when you start seeing, because basically after that, you started seeing those doggone orange sickle jerseys headed to the stands, walking out. They, oh, they were walking out. And I said, look, I said this game ain't over yet. 
but they are walking out trying to beat that traffic. Oh, that was a thing of beauty, man. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And how many times have we seen a team just perfectly execute a screen on us and we can see it coming from a mile away? And man, mm -hmm. they're just EB, he and Vance Joseph are close friends. That's a defensive coordinator. I, I think it's Vance Joseph. I want to make sure I get that right. But they're very good friends. And Vance actually did an interview where I believe he lost his mother. And he talked about how he talked to Eric Bieniemy's mom because that was the next closest thing to his mom. And they mm -hmm. played together in Colorado. Yeah, he's a football coach. He watches our defense. So these guys know each other's tendencies. It's like EB was in his head. When Joseph would send a blitz, next thing you know, EB had already called a screen. And AG's running down the sideline for 20, 30 yards, or it's B-Rob. But to me, it's he had so many different exotic looks on screens. There was one point where he called a screen. And next thing you know, our linemen are pulling to get out there. And our running back went out to go catch the ball. But our tight end stayed in, and the screen actually went to the tight end instead of the actual running back where it would typically go to. I mean, these designs and these looks, I don't think I've ever seen some of these before. Mm. And this is Biennemi's first, you know, shot at really play calling, and he stepped up to the game big time. Oh, yeah. He definitely did, man. And I think it goes, I, you know, everything worked the way it needed to work. Um, and, and what now, I got a question for you, so... You know, Ron says this whole thing about, hey, not getting into the Denver 24 hours earlier, you know, just getting in. Do you think that that had a play on it? Or do you think it was just the conditioning that the guys had? No, I, I think it was the conditioning that the guys had during training camp and the offseason program that mm -hmm. someone that's soft as hell complained about that really kept them in this game. These guys are professional athletes. John Allen was talking about it this morning on the sports junkies, I mean, you know, for your average person, okay, yeah, I can see it affecting them. For me going out there, yeah, I can see it affecting me. But these guys are athletes. And you've got so many people that talk, well, you've got to get there more than 24 hours notice. you got to get there ahead of time that everyone's just got so many different things. I also think it's mental, man. You see all those elevation signs telling you, that, hey, you're here, you're a mile high up. And I think they're just trying to play with your brain. <laughs> At the beginning of the game, though, on the TV feed, when you watch it back, there was a clip that uh, Chase Young was just sucking down some oxygen and the game hadn't even started yet. I'm sitting here thinking, <laughs> oh, damn, you got to be kidding me. You see, here we go. <laughs> but during that last sequence, the freaking Hail Mary and everything else, <laughs> our starters came out. Right. So Allen's out, Payne's out, Tez is out, and Chase is out. So you had the other guys come in. And it was, I want to say, I mean, I can go back and look at the play sheet, but it's two plays before Russ threw that bomb that they actually came out at that point. And you're sitting here thinking, like, these guys are gassed. And Tez is basically saying, it's like a freaking Olympic track meet that everyone is just running full speed down there to try and get to the quarterback and just wreak havoc. But they were just tired. So they came out at that point. And next thing you know, they get the first down to extend. And all of a sudden, here we go. Russ just chucks that ball up in the air. And I'm having flashbacks of right before halftime 
against the Saints. I want to say it was 2000, what, a couple years back, regardless. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, they get that touchdown right at halftime. And I'm sitting there yelling and screaming, was that your end zone? Oh, no, I don't no, think it was. Opposite side. Yeah. So it's just, you probably didn't see the ball hit Forbes and the young man had a chance to bat it down, but he was trying to get his second interception and it just tipped up in the air. And next thing you know, it's jumping around. Yeah. It's coming back to bite us in the ass again. Here you go. We're just blowing the game. Yeah. That was the opposite end zone. And uh, I was live saying, Hey, we got three seconds left two, one. And my jaw just dropped, bro. You put a ton of ton of bricks in my mouth. It just, ah, you know, just dropped to the floor. I couldn't believe it. And so, yeah. but that's that's the ups and downs of football, man. And we persevered. You know, I, I, shout out goes to those guys. But man, it it, I was nervous at that point. I really was because yeah, it, I just, it was I just a, unreal. yeah, never my wildest dream. You know, I'm like, why are you guys trying to do tip drill here? Come on, man, just bat the ball out of it. That's what it was like, just bat the ball down. But nope, it it went up like it all. It did. It, it was like three different players. Yeah, is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. it was. That's what it hurt, man. And the fact that it just went straight back, it it didn't go off to the side or anything else. And I just I can't believe it. And you're sitting here, and these guys had a heck of a game, and all of a sudden it's going to come down to that. But yeah. this is actually what Ron had to say about the last two plays. The, what happened on the last two plays, the, the touchdown smokes. and then the two-point defense? Well, I mean, we were in position. Unfortunately, the ball bounced the wrong way. You would love to have seen it go the other direction, but, it, you know, and, and, and kudos to one of their guys for being alert enough, and we just got to understand that we got to get in our box out positions a little bit better. And during the onside kick, I mean, it, you know, it bounced over Jahan. He's sitting there, and Denver's good at those onside kicks, man. They recovered one in week one, but the guy touched mm-hmm. it too soon. And then Jahan's sitting there, and it's going through our hands team. There are a couple of people on that hands team that I think are iffy. I think they're just supposed to block because, to me, those guys don't really got good hands. But I'm just like, you got – we came back, we fought back, and it would be the ultimate kind of, you know, Redskin slash WFT slash commander thing to do to let them come back and us lose in that fashion. But this team, I don't know, the vibe and the energy, it just, it carried us through. And that two point conversion, we definitely got away with one there too, but it ain't a penalty unless they call it. Oh yeah. What do you mean? Oh, 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 you mean on their end, on their end. Yeah. BSJ definitely got there early. Okay. So, I mean, it's just, I, you, I, you probably haven't had a chance to see it yet, but BSJ definitely got there. I mean, I don't know. Brian Mitchell does not agree. I'm going to have to say, B, you're wrong. I'll get the uh, video of it. But BSJ got there, and it was a little insane considering. And I don't think that they wanted to call it at that point. I think that they just said, you know what, let them play. So here's the actual feed. You can see it live just do the replay real quick so he pulls him down right before the ball gets there and Mm -hmm. i'll slow-mo this and put it on our actual youtube feed but at that point i don't think the refs wanted to have it come down to that and who's to say that even if they get that two point we don't march down that field and do something again 
or our defense doesn't stop them. And next thing you know, we get a turnover because dude, our, our defense was just, they were balling out, man. And, you know, Sam had one pass that could have been picked off. I think it got tipped, but we won possession. We didn't give stupid penalties out there and stupid plays. And it's just, that's what you have to do to win on the road. And we just got to stop putting ourselves in these big ass holes, but Hey, in the end, that's all that matters. What do we always say, whether it's by one point or a hundred, just win the game. And that's what we did. Once again, this, this one was, wasn't another pretty one. (laughs) It wasn't another pretty one, but the fact is it was just enough makeup to make you say, yeah, okay, I'll take you. I'll, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so, so, hey, man, I, I'm 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 okay with it, bro. I'm okay with it. So, before we get into our rally chains, what does the coaching staff need to fix to go three and zero? I think that we've you got to you got to continue to coach Sam up to, to not to hold the ball as long as he does, because the competition is just going to get better. As the weeks progress, um, I like what you're doing, but just don't hold the ball that long. Or if it's not there, go ahead and, and tuck it and run. I think that's something that needs to be um, let the man use his wheels. You know, don't 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 keep him back there to uh, to get crumbled. Uh, I think that the other thing is keep the keep the play calling fresh. That helped out a lot. And I think that's going to help for these upcoming weeks. What say you? I I want to see Jamin get the green dot. Mm. I'm kind of, I don't want to say over Cody Barton, but to me, he's slow. And he reacts after the fact. He got burned on a couple zone crossing routes in front of him. And Del Rio adjusted the defense later on to kind of stop that. But Cody had a decent amount of tackles. I'll pull up his stat line. Problem is, they're all six, seven, eight yards down the field. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm not impressed from what I see with this young man. And maybe it's just because he's still trying to get a better gauge around the defense. But Cody is just not impressing me at all. He had a combined 10 tackles. So he led the team in tackles. But he's just, to me, there's one point where Cody got dragged by a running back from the Broncos. And one of our defensive linemen was on Cody's back and they're both bear hugging the guy and he's just getting pulled down for three, four more yards. And the linebacker and the running back still broke that tackle. And I'm just, Mm. I would rather see Jamin out there if we're going Cinco package and five defensive linemen in front and one linebacker at this point than Cody, because I feel that Jamin's athleticism can help him make up for potentially okay. being out of position. And Cody doesn't have that same athleticism as Jane. Well, they brought him in. <laughs> they did. So, they kind of had no choice because we let the other guy, right. Mohawk man, walk. But, yeah. you know, it's just linebacker has been an issue here. And mm-hmm. to me, it's still an issue. The other one would be fixing the long snapper problem. And they're trying to address that come Tuesday. We'll see if it actually does get fixed and if they have enough time. Because keep in mind, they traded for Cheeseman. Right? They yeah. traded picks and everything else to get him here. 
So it's kind of frustrating that you do that for a long snapper and he's having this kind of problems. And I actually tweeted Nick Sunberg last week because I needed to uh, get some loads of love information. I had a washer dryer I wanted to donate to a family and message him. I'm here and he's still in shape. He's still looking good. They're not bringing him in, but hey, give that man a ring because he has the relationship with Tress and they know each other. And I know he can still pull those snaps off. So it'd be great yeah, to see. He can still spin it. Yeah. He definitely can. Would, would, be, would be nice. But from a rally chain perspective, man, give me one guy on offense and one on defense. Who gets to wear your rally chain? Well, off the break, Sam Howell, he, he, he gets the chain because, I mean, he's he threw some balls on a rope. And without those passes, we wouldn't be talking about a win right now. Defense, I'm going to go ahead and go with Chase. It's Actually, it's between Chase and Curl. I mean, Curl laid some wood, bro. He so, did. but uh, but I, because Chase made his debut this game and he got his 1.5 sacks and pressures, Chase, you get to wear the chain this week. So for offense, for me, it's it's B Rob. It's got to be B Rob. He put the team on his back. Sam had 30 pass attempts in the first half. He had, I want to say, eight or nine in the second half. B was averaging 4.8 yards a carry. Two touchdowns. I mean, it was the best game I have seen from Brian Robinson since he's put on that commander's uniform. He also had, what was it, uh, 42 yards receiving. I mean, I love seeing him get the ball. At one point, they had Chris Rodriguez lead blocking for B. So imagine him coming in and just being that bowling ball and then mm. getting hit by B after the fact. And we didn't talk about it. That two-point conversion where B got that thing in, they had to go back and review it. Yeah. That was also another massive turning point in this game because point-wise, that got us to within striking distance of it having to only be just a handful of points. Yeah. He, he gave, definitely gave turned it around. He did. He gave, every, gave everybody hope, yeah. And to me, it's it's Duran. You, you worry about players that get that bag and how do they react once they've been paid. He has done nothing but prove why you paid him. He single-handedly stopped the Broncos coming out of halftime, and he just definitely affected everything, getting pressure up the middle. And there was one point where Duran was down, and he was down bad. I want to say it was on the third and one, and they just ran right over him, and Duran just all hunched over on the ground. And you're wondering and praying, like, oh, my gosh, is he going to be okay? He came back out a couple plays later and just balled his ass out. And the intensity that he and John are bringing, but to me, I'm almost saying more so Duran. he definitely gets my rally chain this week. And you love to see it. And you're going to need that interior pressure against the Bills coming to town because Josh Allen stepping up. It's going to be interesting. We definitely got a tough challenge going up for us this week. Yeah, definitely do. Definitely do, man. And But we're up for it. And our fan base is going to be up for it. And, uh, it is we're ready for it uh before we go i've got to give a big shout out to the fan that came from hawaii for this game last week uh she came from hawaii she said it was like a 12-hour flight from hawaii to denver um also there's a young lady who i forgot her name but she's an avid listener i think she's from montana um and she was saying how she listens to the show 
every week. So big shout out to you, young lady. Um, it's just amazing to, to walk around and say, yeah, you, you're on the DMV mess hall with Tailgate Ted. I love to hear it. So thank you guys for listening. I really do. And, and it, wrapping it up, you could be listening to any podcast, but you decide to listen to the DMV mess hall and we greatly appreciate it. It means a lot hearing the feedback from you guys out in the parking lots. That's going to do it for this episode of DV Mess Hall. Once again, thank you guys. Thank you to Woodbridge Collectibles for donating the Posse jersey. That was a huge hit for everyone. So shout out to Woodbridge Collectibles. And hey, remember, you rep it hard, but you don't rep it at all. Rally Captain, Tailgate Ted. And we're Sam. How?